0: Why have, I quit my why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van, and, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard, and I want to stitch these stories together across the states, we're going to find the commonalities, and it's going to be really an amazing experience, and I look forward to you joining me on the jar. morning, everybody. Welcome back to Mental Health Today. I'm your host, Ken Stearns, and uh, another beautiful day here in Durango, Colorado, as I kind of make my way across the United States. Uh, City number 85, just finished interview, almost roughly 300 uh, 300 interviews. Great, great couple of interviews today. Opportunity to meet a long-distance marathon runner, uh, as well as a professional chef that ended up in a mental health uh capacity serving on a nonprofit here in Durango. So really interesting morning, great conversations. Didn't escape mental health. And uh glad to be back on, on this show uh, this afternoon. And again another, I mean, I I send out a lot of invitations on LinkedIn to find suitable guests for you, uh for myself, p- people we can learn from. And you know, there's quite a few that I shoot off and I and I always have a couple that I remember. You know, when I send them out and I'm like, wouldn't that be cool? Like, a man, like that would be cool. And uh, and sure enough, hey, Frank, thanks for being that guy that I was like, wouldn't it be cool if Frank King said, yeah, I'd love to come on and talk.
1: And yes, well, here's here the deal, are. Ken. I am here because uh, people go, do you have a podcast? No, I don't have a podcast. I'm a comedian. I've got no work ethic. I can't do a <laughs> podcast. There's, I'd much rather be on your podcast like you do the heavy yeah. lifting.
0: Absolutely, my friend. Absolutely. Well, Frank. Uh, again, th- thanks for taking time out of your day. Thanks for sharing some of your your, your life experience, which will kind of come out. Um, and we've had a lot of we've had a lot of different guests, different modalities, different treatments, different ways of looking at mental health. But definitely, as I was pressing send, you know, we, we talked before. Uh, okay, comedian and mental health—that is walking on a razor's edge or not yes.
1: or not yeah it's comedian and suicide prevention which is what i speak on okay as a workplace health okay. safety yeah that's even, even that's even the finer
0: even a sharper blade
1: yes but you're in durango i'm in durango okay i'm
0: headed down to new mexico next
1: yeah, before we leave Durango, you and I were chatting off the air. I've got eleven TEDx talks. Actually I got ten in the can. I'm doing one in October, yeah. so that'll be eleven. My fifth one, the first one they refused to put up on YouTube was in Durango. TEDx Durango. Oh. It was the only one I've ever gotten a standing ovation for. It's one of the two that I didn't have to audition for. They like my mental health title, subtitle so much they called and said, you're on. And it broke my heart that it didn't get posted because it was funny. It's called Mental Health and the Orgasm, Treat Your Depression Single-Handedly.
0: And they bought it for that title.
1: Yep, they they said, come and do it, it. I did it. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, the local TEDx committee decides who speaks. But everybody who okay. does TEDx, they ship them up, up up, the food chain to TED to be approved or not approved to be put on YouTube. Sure. And sure. Big TED doesn't like you to have more than four TEDx talks. And they don't like professional speakers, which I am. And mm-hmm. it's a bit hypocritical because they will tell you in their printed material, it's not about the person, it's about the idea. Well, if that's true, and my 11 TEDx talks are all on mental health, theoretically changing or saving lives why do you give a rat's ass who i am if the idea is good enough but they Mm. took it personally (laughs) they they don't (laughs) like me initially we don't care who you are later we care. yeah (laughs) anyway become too successful yes i couldn't let durango and i coach tedx i've had uh, probably four or five dozen of my clients have landed i just did one in san diego on the 23rd of last month. And four of my clients were there. And I didn't speak. I've stopped applying to speak. But most of them have performer slots. So I did stand-up comedy wrapped around the theme of the event. And I emceed. And I coached some of the speakers. And um, and a couple of my speakers actually spoke on mental health. One was a high-functioning. She's high-functioning. She's got major depression. She's an international translator. She speaks Mandarin, Taiwanese, English, and Spanish. Um, so, I mean, it, mental health is near and dear to my heart. Here's how I got into it.
0: And yeah, here's where comedy say-
1: comes. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, how did you start?
1: Well, when I started comedy in, in, in December of 85 and I went on the road doing stand-up in clubs, I truly wanted to make a living and a difference. I sold insurance my first six years out of college, and I saw all the great motivational speakers, Zig Ziglar, Brian yeah. Tracy, those guys. And I thought to myself as I'm watching them, I could do that if I had something to teach anybody. I, For decades, I couldn't figure out what I had to teach anybody. And then in the last recession, 2008, nine, ten, comedy bookings, corporate comedy bookings dropped off 80%. My wife and I lost everything. In a Chapter Seven bankruptcy that we worked for for twenty-five years, and Damn. that's when I learned what learned what the barrel of my gun tasted like. Uh, spoiler alert: I did not pull the trigger. Uh, which I do in my keynote gets a nervous laugh. I go, look, a friend of mine came up the yeah. other day after a keynote and said, "Hey man, I come, I mean, you didn't pull the trigger," and I said, "Hey man, could you try to sound slightly less disappointed?" <laughs> that that's where the humor is in suicide not jokes it's just funny personal anecdotes so it's actually just real stuff that
0: happens
1: (laughs) yes and and if you have people listening or thinking i'd like to be a professional speaker i've got a little piece of advice Mm -hmm. for you kind of a business to business thing Uh, i couldn't figure out how to go from funny speaker to speaker who was funny and a friend of mine named judy carter c-a-r-t-e-r judy carter Wrote a book called The Message of You. The Message of You. That's going to be you. on the exam, kids. The Message of You, Turning Your Life into a Money-Making Speaking Career. She said, Frank, read my book. You will figure out what you're supposed to be teaching people. And I thought, going in, I got nothing. Uh-huh. Halfway through, I thought, wait a minute. My, In my family, depression and suicide run in my family. It's called generational depression and suicide. My grandmother died by suicide. My mother found her. My great aunt died by suicide. My mother and I found her. I was four years old. I screamed for days. And I'll spare you the details. And thank you. obviously, I came very close to killing myself. And I live with two mental illnesses, major depressive disorder and chronic suicidal ideation. So I thought, you know, given my mental health history, my family that has more nuts than a squirrel turd, I could teach suicide prevention if I got some training, certifications. So I did. And then Ken's second hurdle. Okay. I've been doing stand up for two and a half decades. Who's going to believe I can do anything serious. So my wife said, do a TEDx talk. I said, what's a TEDx talk? (laughs) I love your wife. Oh yeah. She's oh man. She is way too good for me. Thank the Lord for low self-esteem.
0: I mean, man, what a good woman.
1: Do a TED talk. Yeah, and I got an application that week from a TEDx in Vancouver, British Columbia. They just said, you know, apply. So I applied, I got it, and then I got two more based on that one. Two other TEDx events called me and said, do you have any more mental health topics? Yes, I do. And then the other eight I've applied for in the meantime. And that convinced meeting planners and speakers bureaus that I could do something serious. So that's how the comedy morphed into the funny... Suicide, mm-hmm. the, the Mental Health Comedian. Uh, that's my website, mentalhealthcomedian.com. Yep. And somebody said to me, does the comedy keep you from getting a gig speaking about suicide? No, you missed the point. They want the lived experience, which I have. They want the teaching, yep. the learning, learning objectives. Yep. And they want, you know, if you can leaven it with some well-placed, tasteful humor, I mean, that's that usually pushes me over the top. <clears throat> so that's how comedy and and mental health came together. It's in my DNA. Comedy's in my DNA. It's my in entire your, family's. In. You, yeah. yeah. Comedy and mental illness and high cholesterol and a bad bad heart valve, all in my DNA. <laughs> where where what part of the country are you from? Uh, North Carolina originally. Okay. My mom gave me the cholesterol of a deep fat fryer. My father gave me a bicuspid aortic valve, which is not supposed to be bicuspid. It's supposed to be tricuspid. So I've had two aortic valve replacements, double bypass, heart attack, and three stents. Uh, somebody called me up during the during the pandemic. You know, I know you're mentally ill. Are you struggling? Well, no, because I have a self-care plan. And B, I've had two aortic valve replacements, double bypass, heart attack, three stents. I lost to a puppet on Star Search. This is not the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So <laughs> I lost it. Wait a minute, the last one's my favorite, and
0: I lost to a puppet on Star on Search. On Star Search, yeah, that is correct. That, uh, that would, uh, that would I would carry that around for. I would just be. That should go on your gravestone,
1: young man. Well, and of all my things. We live in Eugene, Oregon, and the problem with that is I lost to a duck puppet, and of course, Eugene, University of Oregon, the ducks. <clears throat> so I'm reminded every yes. day. Every day. <laughs>
0: It was a duck puppet as well. Yep. It's oh, a duck that is. I mean, especially being a North Carolina boy, I'm supposed to shoot ducks. Like you know, like, like the only good duck is a is a, is a duck flying yeah. when I got a right a, in my bird in my dog bird's mouth.
1: Yeah, the oh, uh, ventriloquist man. actually died. The ventriloquist died that summer. The duck's still working. Um. <laughs>
0: Okay, that story it's full is dark. filled with so much tra- it, that, that is filled with so much tragedy That story right there That, that would be enough Holy cow
1: Well, Ken, what? there's a saying yeah. in comedy Tragedy plus time equals comedy
0: This is I mean, this is true I Side note, I mean How sensitive are people now? I mean, is comedy back? Is it okay to be comedic again? Can you make fun of people anymore? I haven't been well, to a comedy show in a long time, but I and I I saw they got a little sensitive, maybe. People a little bit, you know.
1: A little sensitive? <laughs> I said,
0: I, it's just appeared, it's appeared a little bit on social media that people are, are a little bit more thin-skinned than we used to be.
1: Yeah, they tend to take umbrage for other people, you know. Not for them, but they take it on behalf of other people, which, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I was, when I started comedy in 84, if you didn't like the show, you went to the box office, you got your money back. You didn't, but well, there was no social media for them to try to, you know, cancel you on. Yeah. 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 I did something one time. Trolls came after me and the guy said to me, we're going to make sure you never work in a comedy club again. I said, can I get that in writing? Um, yeah,
0: please. Like, I'm like, please.
1: yeah because here's the deal in 95, after the comedy scene, the clubs began to close faster than they opened. Yeah. yeah. I realized that I was—I have a clean act, and so I could do corporate comedy. And somebody said, what's the difference between a clean uh, corporate comic and a club comic? Well, it's about $5,000 a night plus travel. So a friend of mine said, you sold out. I said, yeah, I'm a whore, but I'm a high-priced whore.
0: <laughs> yeah, if I'm going to sell out, this is the way to go.
1: Well, and the benefit of being oh, yeah. a speaker, Ken, versus a comic, they're paying me for my honest opinion. I was at University of Montana Billings. Mm-hmm. Two nice young men drive me around town because it was not only a college show that was open to the public, so we did some radio to promote it.
0: Okay, to promote and,
1: it. And one of the kids said to me, are you worried about doing comedy on campus? Because people tend to get you know, their toes stepped on or get whatever. And I said, look, if I was doing stand-up, I'd be very careful. But I'm on campus to keep people from killing themselves. So if they've got a problem with that, can I use a bad word? Yeah. Uh, Fuck them. Yeah,
0: and this one's okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck them. Because I'm there to save lives. I don't give a damn if I step on their toes. (laughs) And you know what? Nobody's ever pushed back when I've spoken at a college. Nobody's ever... And I'm blunt, as you probably have guessed, about, you know, mental illness, su- suicide, and so forth. Because well, in the mental health business... you're speaking
0: from personal...
1: Yeah, personal experience. You're I speaking personal,
0: from personal experience, so very difficult for... You're not making fun of somebody else. You're making light no. of your own journey.
1: Yes, and a psychologist busted me once after a suicide prevention corporate show. He came up to me and he said, what qualifies you to teach suicide prevention? And I said, well... I can tell you what the barrel of my gun tastes like. And in the silence that followed, I said, here's the deal, Chief. I could go to college and learn absolutely everything you know. You will never know everything I know. I know. That lived experience, that's where the money is.
0: The lived experience is where the money is. speak, you speak, and it's, I've hired a lot of speakers, I've listened to a lot of speakers uh, over the years, and the genuineness is palpable when you meet people I mean before yeah. you get on stage before we put a speaker up i know already whether they're going to be genuine whether they're going to connect with the audience and you know you've made a mistake right you're like when you meet the person and you're like the night before <laughs> the day before and you're like you know tomorrow we should try to we should try to kind of figure out a way to make this 90 minute speech 45 minutes because I have a feeling. Yes. Um, so there are times, I mean, hiring speakers is, is is tricky. What, how do you, I mean, this is an interesting thing. Um, why would a company hire, what would be the indicators? Is it a social movement? Like, and I'll put air quotes in here. I don't know why, but social movement that people are looking to bring in this comedic kind of counterbalance to the heaviness of mental health, or are they or they do it because they've had a situation and they're trying to kind of directly get in front of it. What are your, what, the, what are the reasons you're bringing you on?
1: Okay. It's the second one. And since this is business to business, I believe yes. the, the key to my success, several keys. One is I believe, especially speakers should pick a lane, a lane, speak on one thing, become the expert okay. or thought leader rather than a generalist. Hmm. When you go to my mentalhealthcomedian.com website, it it just screams suicide prevention, nothing else. It doesn't mention that I coach TEDx or whatever, auctioneer, comedian. Um, So, A, you need to pick a lane. B, and this is what I teach my speaker coaching clients, you need to decide what problem you're going to solve. Because why would they book you for a keynote if you're not solving a problem or hitting a pain point? And so once you've decided mm. what problem you're going to solve, then you need to select a handful of, of target industries or groups that have that problem and are willing to pay. So what I did was, <clears throat> I picked six of the top ten at-risk occupations for suicide in the U.S. Ah. And they see, when they call me, I don't have to convince them suicide prevention is a good idea. They know that. <laughs> yeah they're just they're just trying to figure out which to go ahead
0: yeah i was just going to say so they 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 call you they already know they already know what they're going to do i mean they are they're looking like you said they're or i think what you're going to say was they they're
1: looking for which speaker exactly because i picked a lane because let me give an example of how bad it is for some industries construction and mining are one and two mining extraction excavation and construction go back and forth one and two Uh, The last time the CDC did numbers was 2018, by job classification. And that year, 1,008 people people died by accident in construction. Same year, 5,042 died by suicide. You're five times more likely to jump off the building than fall off. They have a serious... Suicide problem and they and they're just now that they're working really hard. I just did an eight-hour training um, mm. specifically on Suicide prevention construction So that's that's what it is. There are industries uh, dentists veterinarians physicians agriculture Agriculture was the toughest nut to crack. I called up a, a farm bureau one time some state and I said listen um I speak on suicide prevention, agriculture, and the woman goes, "I'm, I'm, I am." uh," She's not upset; she was offended that I called and mentioned it. And I said, "You're in the top five. (laughs) Uh, You may want to, you may want to face it." Yeah, and there's, and and finally, last year I got a call from, again Montana, the Montana Department of Agriculture to come speak at a farm bureau function. Finally, um. So yeah, it's, it's, but I picked five of the five or six, you know, where they actually agriculture is the toughest, but I've made some inroads and here's a benefit for businesses across the board. When you pick one thing and that, and you do it really well and you can charge really well for it, uh, I charge $7,500 for 45 minutes. Um, then it, it makes the SEO a lot easier that I've only got six mm. industries that I'm targeting. I'm not spraying and praying. I target, if you go to suicide prevention speakers, plural dental, D-E-N-T-A-L, suicide prevention speakers dental, you'll find that I've got four, five, six, seven organic listings on page one Google. It's enough to give a young social media guru a hard-on. Nobody has that Absolutely. kind of real estate. So, yeah. And I have a landing page for each. Industry, mentalhealthcomedian.com forward slash agriculture. Because when somebody types in suicide prevention speakers, agriculture, a woman did it, thinking how, you know, what are the odds there somebody does that? And she goes, and there was your
0: site. Actually, zero, zero chance.
1: Yeah. And and um, osteopath, same thing. The woman, the agriculture woman said, you know, I typed it in thinking there wouldn't be anybody. And you were right, there. Right. She goes, I'm on your homepage, Frank. It was kind of freaky because I, I, your first paragraph says this. I'll bet you've been selected to to find just the right suicide prevention speaker for an agricultural (laughs) function. She's thinking, how in the hell does he know that? That is so So funny. The the business point of that is you want to answer the question in the client's mind. The question they're asking themselves. If you go to my LinkedIn page, you've seen LinkedIn profiles. People list eight things they do. Bitcoin, blockchain, real estate. First line of my LinkedIn profile: Eleven TEDx talks, and coach. Yes. Everything everything else goes like this: Do you want to make money speaking on cruises, at colleges, for corporations, associations? Yeah. Do you want to make? It's all things there. I want them nodding like, "Oh, I do." Oh, yeah, I do. That's me. So, and yeah, when you, that's me. And when I when you go to my LinkedIn page, it would appear that all I do is teach you how to make money speaking. No mention of suicide or again, it's. When I started a newsletter, in April. When I started my newsletter in April, with twenty-seven thousand followers, connections, whatever, seven or eight thousand of them have the word "speaker" in their profile. I was very specific when I went looking for connections. I started the newsletter in April, twice a month. And this is what, August? So I've got 3,800 subscribers already. Roughly, I'm getting 1,000 subscribers a month because it's either you wanna make money speaking or you couldn't care less. So that's the that's the beauty of focusing. I believe, Ken, the riches are in the niches regardless of what business you're in. Find your niche. Makes... I, I, I
0: love that advice. Um... I mean it's interesting the people that sign up for your newsletter are looking for one thing like you've like you have got a captive audience and they are ready to hear about making money as a speaker how to improve their speaker there is really that is a super niche yep and you've managed to find a way to capture them with a, like a wide funnel somehow but like a yep. narrow opening into the fan that's f- the the final selection where they're self selecting in.
1: Yes, and um, I hired a LinkedIn marketing company. They do they do the newsletter for me. They my three favorite words in marketing done for you. Um, I just <laughs> I just approve it. And here's the thing about I have a post on LinkedIn five days a week. Okay. Video on Monday, two three minutes. Text post on Tuesday. Video on Wednesday. Text post on Thursday. Text post Friday. Every one of them can is is an educational piece, not a sales piece. Mm -hmm.
0: Every one of them
1: I'm talking about. How do you make money speaking? And you know, there's a lead magnet. So if you want it, you you know, you got to give me an email address so I can build my list. But there's no selling. The idea is educate, educate. Where where I I got that? And I turned my LinkedIn marketing company, the guy who started it, onto this. He he was already doing it, but he didn't have a name for it. In radio, the beauty of radio, and by the way, 94% of people still listen to radio sometime during the week. You know, terrestrial radio. The beauty is frequency. Terrestrial radio. Frequency. You hear the same ad for the same tire store every morning on your way to work. Yes. There's a 3% rule in radio. Only 3% of the people listening to that ad are going to need tires that day, but they're in cars. So the days going to come when the tire blows out. And so you want to be top of mind. The phrase is known before you are needed. So by posting this stuff over five days a week, these educational pieces, either video or text on how to land, uh, how to make money speaking, the days are going to come when somebody's finally fed up with their job and they want to get serious about making money speaking. And so, and and get this, I've had 5 million views in the last 12 months. And LinkedIn actually called me. I didn't even know LinkedIn had a phone. Um, and they said, would you like to contribute to an article on how do you become a keynote speaker? Would I? So, and it was on the top ten posts that week on all of LinkedIn. They reached out to me. That's the beauty of, of that kind of traction, that many views or impressions in a year, is the algorithms watching. They're thinking yeah. this should yeah. people like this. Uh, that's why I feel bad for people who get a like or two, a share. You know, I mean, I just looked at my post for today. I think I bumped over a thousand impressions on the post today. So, it's crazy, right? Yes, and that's the only social media platform I market on because this is gonna sound familiar. Riches are in the niches. I decided to go deep, not why I decided to dominate LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, if you go to LinkedIn Navigator, there's something on you and you do a drop down in your on your picture, there's something called SSI, right. social selling index. Yeah, and it yeah. tells you how you compare to your competitors. Oh. And I, I'm in the top one percent across the board against my competitors. Anything over an eighty percent, I think I got about eighty two is spectacular, and i'm I'm in the top one percent of anybody who does what I do. <clears throat> and that's because that's all I do. I only only market on LinkedIn and I'm not buying ads. I'm just posting information for people who want to do what I teach
0: and And where do you see that? What is that under the SSI?
1: If you go to Sales Navigator. Oh, Sales Navigator. Okay. Click on your picture. It'll drop down by your picture. All right. And go down about oh, three or four spots. Navigator. It should say Social oh. Selling Index, SSI.
0: Oh, now, you know, I never saw that before.
1: And what's your number? Again?
0: I'm going to come up with about a 30, probably. 81.
1: Adam boy. That? You're in the... Well, and it should be above that, should be one percent, one percent, one percent, showing you are in the top one percent in your category at 81. Uh, at 81,
0: one of, yeah, people in my industry, top one percent, people in my network, top one percent. I'm one of one on my oh, people in your team. <laughs> I'm the top guy <laughs> in my team of one,
1: yes, as am I, by the way. <laughs> um, so but. So, it, so I'm doing the, okay. 81's okay. Anything over 80 is spectacular. Um, that's why I went deep, not wide. That's you know the same with my newsletter. You know I I, I thought I would get a couple dozen people signed up when it launched the first mm-hmm. day.
0: I, that's what I would imagine. I'd have a couple du- if I was lucky.
1: Yeah. So, um, and I don't just let it sit once they subscribe. Once I realized how many, I had to hire my VA for an extra hour every day
0: because that's I made absolutely. a
1: little video. Under you know, like a 60-second video thanking people for subscribing. It goes like this, Kim. Hey, thanks for subscribing to my newsletter. You know, I was expecting a couple of dozen subscribers, and I tuned in after an hour and a half, 792. I about <laughs> pooped my pants.
0: <laughs>
1: so, and I had to hire one at my VA for an extra hour a day to make sure everybody who subscribes gets that video. So it's, um, she does an hour of that. She does an hour of outbound on LinkedIn to my first connections
0: okay,
1: and she makes sure everybody who asks for my lead magnet gets it because i i can't keep up with the activity i can't keep up with the with the traffic so it's um you know
0: no i mean you're you're creator right you're, you've got other stuff to do and let, let somebody else handle the because that that takes a, you have to get your mind into a very different set to to sit there and grind away
1: yeah um, and and it's very reasonably priced uh it's a company where there's a guy who owns a company who hires, he, he, he recruits, he trains, he hires the VA. So there's somebody Mm. responsible, which I think is the key to having a VA is not just dealing directly with a VA, but hire somebody, a company that has VAs that, you know, you got, you've got somebody to go to if things go sideways.
0: My experience with the VA, my, my, I think my biggest uh, challenge with the VA was a lack of management oversight. And, and I also felt that should not come from me. That should come from uh, the, the person I'm writing the check to. And, yes. and they're getting paid for that. They're getting paid to manage and to, you know, what are you working on? What you go? And then to come back to you and say, here's how things are going, Frank. What do you think? Are you happy?
1: Yes. And um, that's, that's yeah. the guy's Rodrigo. He's, he's my guy. And, um, and they love me because I signed up for the LinkedIn marketing. It's 9.97 a month. And then I got an hour a day of VA. And then nice. I, I got another hour and another hour because the traction was the engagement was such. And then they they have this $500 a month done for you newsletter. I signed up. I'm, I've never been an early adopter at anything, Kim. But anything this guy, Mike Weiss, who runs this company does, I'm in. Because it just, I made, you know, views are great. Shares are great. Likes are great. But you know what? Conversions pay the bills. And in, uh, 22, 24 months, I guess two years, my conversions have been about $85,000. In coaching fees. And I probably spent 45, so almost a 50% return on my investments. It's one of the very few things I've ever done in speaking. That's actually had an ROI.
0: And I mean, not just that ROI, but if you stop tomorrow, you'd still earn and you know, you'd earn maybe that much next year this year and half as much next year and half as you know you, you'd get like you've built the franchise on on linkedin so it's it's not just the roi it's the asset you own
1: and like linkedin calling me that was a a, a bonus yeah yeah two tedx events found me and said please send us yeah, your speakers." Your yeah, and so I put two speakers on the bill on both those TEDx oh, talks.
0: Oh, and oh, and they oh, they also ask you for a
1: referral. And um. TEDx is um, LinkedIn's big in India and China, and so a, a TEDx in India reached out to me and said, "We we really like your take on mental health. Would you do a virtual TEDx for?" For that was my eighth TEDx. Was one where they found me on LinkedIn and they asked, and I said, "Absolutely, I'd be delighted to." So the, that kind of traction is not just setting up discovery or sales calls. There's ancillary benefits to having that much juice on LinkedIn, and you found me on LinkedIn. <clears throat> I assume
0: I found you on LinkedIn. I, I scrubbed, uh, I scrubbed the navigator, looked for mental health, and you know you were. The, I, I have to wade through. You know, every page I go through, I'm, I'm going to get through by eight out of 10 are therapists that are registered mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. And then, you know, once I get past that, I'm trying to find other people, because I've interviewed enough, I think enough therapists. And so now <laughs> I'm trying to find, other. you know, you know I mean, it's, yes. a, it's the same. It's a very similar approach, right? If it's talk therapy, it's going to be a very similar approach. So I'm yeah. looking for more, you know, people doing new stuff, creative stuff, different things. And this has been a, I mean, what an interesting, I I mean, holy cow, I feel kind of guilty I've got some notes here. I'll you know send me the bill um, <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I can afford it uh, and absolutely I think it's something yeah, we'll talk in a minute offline, but I want to just thank you again uh, frank any any kind of closing thoughts any any message for the audience and then I think for sure a little how to find you one more time um, yeah,
1: let me give you some good news. good news is you know the bad news is. Forty-nine thousand people in the U.S. die by suicide every year, one every nine minutes, one every 40 seconds around the world. Uh, The good news is eight out of ten people who are suicidal are ambivalent. They cannot make up their mind. And nine out of ten give hints in the last week leading up to an attempt, which means you can make a difference, you can save a life. And you can do it by doing something as simple as Ken and I are doing right here, and that is starting the conversation.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, and listen for those signs. I mean, like I think, like you said, people. You know, I just had a a, not a not a friend, uh, but my friend's a good friend of mine's friend, committed suicide, and uh, my buddy had gone up to his hometown to to see him to see his family and everything else. But he was going to catch up with this one individual on Friday night, and. Uh, the guy called him on Tuesday or something, or messaged him and said, "You know, can we meet earlier?" And he said, you know, looked through his schedule I couldn't do Wednesday. Something." He says, "I'll meet you Thursday." And he said, "Well, okay, but I'm not sure I'll make it."
1: Bing, ding, 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 <laughs> ding.
0: And on Wednesday, he killed himself.
1: Yeah, so you hear I mean, that a lot. You, I
0: like, and and I think we only realize, "Holy shit!" What he meant, like like he was really serious and my friend knew he was in a mental health crisis, but it just, my friend had so much going on with his own personal, like that message getting through and he's like, I'll see you Thursday. Totally missing. I I think how heavy it is for people to survive day by day. I mean, you've experienced it. I've just heard the stories. It's minute by minute when you're in that, when you're in that mode, you know, it's just trying to survive every minute.
1: And your friend's I, I, friend. That was
0: so hard for me to, to to understand that.
1: Yes, and a lot of people don't understand. Maybe the final thought on suicide. When somebody famous dies by suicide, I get phone calls and texts and Facebook messages. Why would Naomi Judd, with everything to live for, want to kill herself? Well, here's the deal. Chances are she did not want to kill herself. Most people don't want to kill them. I didn't want to kill myself. I'm guessing Naomi, just as I... It, Simply want to end the pain.
0: Man, that's I mean, this is a weird thing, but that's one of my one of the most impactful guests I had on. Actually, he's a good candidate for you for coaching. Um, because he would be a really good, he's a really articulate person, he's got a powerful story. But he was talking about, I just wanted the pain to end. Yeah, that was the the. The message that he left me with that just give me chills now when he was telling me his story, you know, I just wanted the pain to end.
1: Yep. And that's the only way you see it can be done.
0: It's tough. Yep. It's a reminder for people, you know, reach out to somebody 988 star 98988 is a, is the suicide prevention line. I mean, that's there.
1: There's people there. And put my, put my cell phone number in the show notes Okay. Because every time I keynote, I put it up on the screen. I go, look, if you're suicidal, call 988 or text yes. 988. If you're just having a bad day, call a crazy person. Here's my cell. And I somebody mm, texted me this morning before dawn. They have a friend who is depressed and suicidal. Could Could he give me a call? And I said, yeah, man, I'm up. It's two in the morning, but I'm up. Always get up early. I'm I'm up. Call me whenever. So I haven't heard from him, but I imagine he will call. It's lovely. I'll get that number off. Yeah. You want to give it to me now? Yes, sir. 858. Okay. 405 5653. And I think 5653 actually spells L A F F, if I'm not mistaken. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, Frank, it's been a pleasure, man. Thanks so much for being for for ta- again for taking time out. And um, oh yeah,
1: hey man, I my goal again is to wisdom. Save, save a, my goal is to save a life a day. So maybe we save somebody.
0: I I would be I would be extremely pleased if we even gave someone pause for today, a chance to make it to tomorrow,
1: another well, another sunrise. Know- Oftentimes people, and I know this feeling, feel very alone that they're the only one going through this. Yes. My, con- my condition, chronic suicidal ideation is rare. But every time I've spoken, almost every time since 2014, there's been somebody in the audience who has that. And invariably, wow. they don't know it has a name. They think you're just some kind of freak and all alone. How a young woman come up <laughs> after a college show and say, thanks for the keynote? I said, you're welcome. She goes, but I got to tape made me weep. How to make you weep? She goes, I tell the story about my car. Chronic suicidal ideation sounds like this My car broke down. I had three thoughts get it fixed, buy a new one, I could just kill myself. That's chronic suicidal <laughs> ideation. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It seems absurd, but <laughs> she goes, You know the story about your car? You know, get it fixed, buy a new one, kill yourself? I go, Yeah. She goes, I've been having those thoughts all my life. I, I just, I just, I didn't know it had a name. I thought it was just me and all, I was all alone. And then I heard you say you have it, and I realized for the first time in my life that I am not alone, and I not wept. Alone. Yeah, I mean that's that's the power of starting the conversation.
0: I mean it's a you're not alone. I mean I think that's the the, the biggest message I can I can say, and I've heard this yep. from so many people on the shows. And um, you feel alone, you know, you're in a dark tunnel. Reach out your arms, spread your fingers. You'll probably find somebody else's hand. You're not alone. It's, it's a crowded tunnel.
1: It's really bad for the LGBTQ, especially the T, the transgender. They have a they They're ten times more likely than their than oh, their God. binary um, classmates yeah. to consider suicide. And so, my message to the transgender folk is: <clears throat> uh, there are people out there that care about you that you will never know. So, Hmm. reach out. I think that's true, right? There's people
0: out there that care. There are a lot of people that really do care on that side. Passionate. Super passionate. Um, Yep. A lot of moms. A lot of moms in that space that see the pain, I think.
1: Yes. Their kids go through. Um, And sadly, some poor woman in California flew a you know, the rainbow flag and got shot and killed for doing so. (laughs) Jesus. I know. That's the flip side of that coin. Visual. On that happy Uh, note, as my mom would say. (laughs) They did that.
0: On a happy note. on On a happy note. Well, hey, I'll see you in 30 seconds.
1: All right. I'm, I'll Remember, see you. Then. I got
0: another commercial. Thanks, everybody. Yeah. Thank, again, thanks so much, Frank. And uh look forward to seeing you on the next TED Talk. I can't and, wait. And we'll be back. Um, yeah. See you. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Mental Health Today. This episode is live on, yeah, about four channels right now. And then we'll have a traditional kind of an audio only version out in a couple of weeks. Frank, again, thanks so much. See you in 30. See ya.
1: Yeah, loose, baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public glass. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of blowing. Yeah, we're going to go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.
0: to with